and I welcome you all to the Launch Podcast, the audio-only version of our weekly Facebook Live gaming podcast, where me, Udit Renpai Singh, and Tanmay Banerjee have some great people over to join us and collectively vent about gaming, fandoms, and much more. This one's a bit lengthy, so sit back, get some coffee and snacks, put on your headphones, and enjoy the ride. Okay, so uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Lounge Podcast, where we talk about gaming and everything related to it. And apologies for the last two weeks, we couldn't host two podcasts. Uh, I guess it's what do you mean? Podcasts. We only just one podcast. Oh, we skipped one podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I, I keep on thinking that we are skipping this week. Also, Tanma had to watch that finals uh, of uh, that, that that international finals or something. Yeah, it was something I really it, didn't it was, want to it was, it was was it good or do you regret watching that? It was historic. Okay, so oh. like then it's good. And uh, how how jo- how was it historic? I want to know that though. Okay. Uh, okay. So. First time in nine years of Dota 2 has there been a repeat champion. Mm, I've, I've heard about the team in history of Dota 2's competitive circuit has been this dominant. Oh. Literally steamrolled. Yeah. Hello, hello, Amalan. Hello, Somyadeep. Thank you for joining in the podcast. Please consider sharing it around if you guys like want more people to watch it because we work a little bit hard. Hey, you, yeah. Sampad, why are you cutting off uh, <laughs> Tanmoy when he's talking? No? Yeah, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I have to address to our like viewers, right? Otherwise, they don't okay. watch. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll address to them in the okay, comments. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, cool. Tanmoy, keep talking. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay. okay. So, uh, the last time any team was this good as far as performance was concerned, it was back in 2016. Chinese team Wings Gaming. They got screwed over by the Chinese team organization called ace which basically broke their entire team up and prevented them from joining any competitive team in order to and ace broke up and since then china have never been able to produce a successful team so have uh team og which won this year as well as last year they were basically considered underdogs and the least likely team to win last year they were placed at the last place by every single uh, talent, every single podcaster, everyone. And then they won. I said TI8 beat the defending champions. They beat tournament favorites. And then they came in this year. With literally everybody expecting another Chinese team LGD or PSG LGD to take the, uh, to take the victory home. Uh, let's just say that didn't happen. And OG sat on everybody. Okay. Also, I want to point out something like, how is all of our mic so good tonight? Like, did you guys change your mic or something? Uh, I'm oh. using the same. My mic was always good. I think Tanma is using push to talk because first half of a sentence are all getting cut. Nope, but, nope, 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 nope. Then it's something about the net, uh, the server. Do you have a guest though today? No, we don't have a guest tonight. Yes, we do. Have Arnab. What? What? He joined? What? Arnab, Arnab do speak up. What? 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 Okay. what? 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 
I I clearly remember I've been on other podcasts but ago. that's that podcast is dead this is a reboot so with new <laughs> name new people <laughs> but old shenanigans okay, hi, hi hi rebooted arts lounge form like sorry the lounge formerly known as arts lounge yes place where all shit goes down anyway yeah so uh, going back really to the topic to introduce myself no okay So yeah, going back to the topic. Uh, Tonma, uh, anything else you want to add for the international thing? Uh, about the international, I'm not exactly. I don't add anything else because everything besides that would be out of context. Okay. OG literally won TI nine on the back of meme, memed through the entire tournament. One. To be honest, the entire tournament was kind of a meme, like from start to finish. Shanghai. Like, like who? Okay, so for for real, who forgets to like anti mage? If you're gonna play anti mage in freaking TI, just don't play it like you're playing it on pubs or anything. Uh, there's a problem with that. You basically have anti mage drafted against a team who can shut anti mage down in any lane whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But still, you at least try to help your team out when they're getting their asses whooped. He It's couldn't. Like, uh, he couldn't. You have uh, a tiny and an elder titan. You can basically two shot anti mage wherever he is. You can't yeah, blink. Yeah. You can't escape. You can't counter initiate. You can't do anything into a tiny elder titan combo. And to add on to that, you have Juggernaut, who is split pushing at least three to four times faster. Who is farming at least three to four times faster than anti mage can ever hope to. And Problem is that you can't draft anything other than anti mage because the biggest counter to tiny and elder titan, which is Harbin outward devourer. Outward devourer was banned in the third phase. <laughs> could pick life stealer, yeah. but then life stealer would be shat on even worse. You could pick Konka, but Konka was banned in the third phase as well. So, so yeah, out drafted, out played, out gunned. Yes. Memes, memes out, all out gunned. That easy. James gunned. No, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of um, the international, you guys know about the cosplay competition, right? Yes, Rohit won best in show cosplay. Yes, which is a really big thing for the Indian cosplay yeah. circuit. And so, Medha also won best technique with her Legion Commander. So cosplay. that's that's two prominent win for the Indian cosplay community, which is a huge thing for us. So, uh, I wouldn't say those are prominent wins for the cosplay community in, in as a collective. Time. In recent, I time. would say I would say those are two prominent wins for the individual cosplayers. Um, cosplay community itself can go fuck itself. Uh, let's 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 not let's not go over there, please. Don't mind no controversial, uh, no controversial I would, topics. I, I would uh, see. It's not our problem if they create the controversies and then we can't talk about it. No, that's not how it works. Exactly. Because, dude, uh, dude, because let's be honest. Dude, let's be honest. Dude, if any problem happens in the entire, you know, Indian quote-unquote gaming community, everyone and their 
proverbial family member would jump on the community bandwagon and start shitting on each other and everyone else. I mean, I stay away from everything yeah. at this point. Then we're all intrinsically involved into this. Let Anup continue. Okay, let's no, no, no. let him let him continue. It's, it's the thing. It's the thing that you're saying from an individual perspective. I'm saying as a community, how the community reacts to itself. Hmm. The cosplay community in itself, they react to themselves violently and very, very, very toxically. Like, it, okay, it's fine. We like from the gaming community should not be talking about this, but both the communities are India, like pretty much like intertwined. Yeah, need to need to shut the fuck up and need to get their shit straight. Like this, just, this. Just, I I agree. I agree stop, with this. Just just stop or like don't do anything or just fucking perish. Like stop. This is what I wanted from this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Please, please come every other podcast. Please come and like talk but, in every but, other podcast. But yeah, like okay. So speaking of cosplay, since we've already brought up the you know topic of how cosplay community is having a field day, uh, have you guys heard about the thing that's going on in the Mumbai Comic Con? Oh and, yeah, and, Mumbai Comic Con, uh, Comic Con in general, yeah, Comic Con in general, Comic Con in general. <laughs> Seriously, last year, last year, who in their bloody mind thought it was a good idea to give out that comic for children? Le Saga. I am not going to mention the name. Le Saga. Stop. I mean, we are. Yeah, I mean, we are 18 okay. plus. Uh, children's don't okay, watch fine, our podcast. Like, children's uh, don't watch yeah. our podcast. Are you sure about that? I mean, half of the lounge is completely full of children. Oh my god, are we going to go? Anyway, <clears throat> no. I mean, we are marketing this to the lounge, so why not cater to the lounge as well? Yeah. By catering, I mean actively shooting. Okay, anyway. let's go back to the topic. Shut up. Uh, so yeah, like I, was saying, is due. like I was saying that. Uh, so last year they did that. Apparently, everyone thought that Comic Con India would learn their lesson. <laughs> they did. Lo and behold, this year I get to hear that the cosplayers were were not provided rooms for yeah. makeups and stuff like that. I was like, ah. like okay, fine. A lot of people can come up to like the four of us who are sitting on this chat and say, "How dare you say that you never organized a big of an event?" But we have, and even we, like the people who kind of like you know host events that pull 500 people a day, even we have the basic common sense to provide rooms for cosplayers to make up and change. That's that's. That's not even mandatory. That's like a staple of the community or any sort of event. How can you be a multi-million rupee event uh, organizer and stuff like that? What? What? Who died? I'm alive. I'm also. I'm also. Unfortunately, the, the, the stream is also live. All right, so yeah, going back, so like, how does a multi-million rupee company forget about one of the most oldest things in the book that you have to take off? Like, if you're if you're making a stream, is also like. All right, so yeah, going back, so like, how does a multi-million? I I can hear myself on the podcast from uh, Arnab's volume. Needs, Arnab's volume needs to be put a little bit higher. Higher, okay. Uh, let's yeah. put it to 150 now. Is it okay? Fair enough. Um, I, I so. guess. I guess they're gonna find out when I start speaking. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
if you're that kind of a person, you're going to take it off at the start of your planning phase. That's, that's what all of us would do. And we have done that. But apparently Comic-Con India has people who are like, eh, they're going to figure it out by themselves. Which is weird. Are they, are they having some internal problems? Maybe we can opt in and help them out. I don't know. We have expertise in that area. Dude, having internal problems is the status quo for Indian uh, geek. Geek fandom. Yeah. That's your status quo. See, my, my issue this year comes from the fact that they're charging us 2,000 rupees. And that is, oh. by the way, the early access pass. That price is oh, yeah. going to change that, later that on down the line. Yeah, and yes. and what even pisses me off much more is that there's no guest lineup. I don't know what I'm paying 2,000 or 2,500 bucks for. Uh, there's no announcements. You do announcements right like three, uh, two months before the actual con. And the, you basically don't provide a good overall experience. I mean, am I paying the money to buy t-shirts and unofficial merch? I don't think so. I'm I'm paying for some uh, really good experience at the end of it. I mean, Arnab and I can like speak for ourselves. Like back in Mumbai Comic Con, one K was like not at all worth it. If you ask me, like he at least paid yeah, five hundred bucks. Uh, I paid one thousand. It was not at all not at all worth it. To be honest, I mean, uh, f- uh, frankly, I went there just because like for, I can speak this for myself because I went to Comic Con just to experience that like one time. How how does it feel to be also, in a Comic Con? Also, also because he was babysitting me, so yeah. Yeah, also that. So yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't just babysitting. You I was pretty much were babysitting me. Like that is like quote unquote babysitting. Like you were helping yeah, me out okay, for day. So uh, like apart from that, the only thing from going on for me was like hey let's experience what it means to be in a comic con how does it feel so it's like my you know that- yes your experience was different on the second day you got a much bigger like you know much which which, which is another can of worms i am really not happy to open up because yeah. i i still get get i won't say ptsd but i still get pissed off whenever i think about that because my most hard work costume got much less um, reception compared to a low effort kaneki ken like what the fuck yeah i mean i i even i take offense to that because i fucking colored the hair he pretty much like got me ready like i'm like okay i i am never going back to comic con i'm never going to comic con but yeah that's a different that's a different issue that's a huge low dump on me dude No, no, no. It's, it's, it's not like, it's not a huge issue or anything. It's just that the, like, you know, the outlook of people attending Comic-Con has boiled down to such a low point in the Indian community is that they don't want anything. They don't demand for anything. Like it's, it's Comic-Con. I'm pretty sure they have enough money that if you, if the community asks for someone or if the community asks for good panelists, you know, en masse if they ask for it i'm pretty sure comic on india can provide them that but the community itself is in such a state that they're like ah, fine whatever they they can give us anything we'll just sit and also enjoy uh, quote unquote enjoy it like what the only comparison in this situation i can draw from is an 87 weekender 
now uh, there is another question which some people might have in their mind then uh, what about the international cons because they charge a really hefty amount for the cons like uh, for example sandy sdcc i'm just i'm just seeing this all right i'm not taking it as an example i'm just seeing this sdcc charges 125 bucks for the whole uh, experience and that is like the uh, no i won't say lowest but like the second tier ish thing where you can like access the whole gallery and everything else like the uh what's that thing called yeah panels and everything so it's pretty common for comic-con to charge 2k for the uh the highest uh, amount of the pass hey, hey, why, why are you comparing that something like that to this is like the general um counter argument by the people i've been seeing on the internet for quite a quite this that, that is um, that's again the yeah, if you're saying that as a counter argument, just call them stupid. Like to their face, they're, they're like, idiots. Like, like uh, my my whole <laughs> claim is pretty simple. Please uh, provide a worthwhile experience if you're like asking 2K or 2.5K for the I mean, con. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. If, if that is at going least, to be their at argument. Get, at least get the goddamn local cosplay scene into the whole cosplay competition because you people certainly ride on the whole cosplay community here in India. Like, Comic Con advertises more about their events through cosplayers than they actually then give them credit. Won. Like, that's very scummy uh, coming from a multinational uh, multi-city event like Comic-Con, which takes in like lakhs and lakhs of rupees every year. So, yeah. But yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Going about that, like, you know, thing that you said that people are counter providing a counter argument. It's not a counter argument. It's just like, what about it? It's like, so yeah, San Diego Comic-Con does this and they charge this one. So like, I'm not paying for San Diego Comic Con. I'm paying for fucking Mumbai Comic Con. Where, what, where is my worth? Like, where, where, where am I putting my money? I'm putting it in Mumbai Comic Con. Am I getting something out of it? No. This is like, okay, San Diego Comic Con. San Diego Comic Con. Fuck off. I, I mean, San Diego Comic Con. If you put one twenty-five dollars, you can be sure that there's Kevin Feige yes. in one place, and then there's yeah. other guys. Yes, there's I know what I'm paying the money for. And, I know yeah, what I'm paying know. the money for. Like, I know that my experience is going to be good. Like, Comic Con thing, Comic Con India thing is like very ambiguous vague. because there's vague. no announcement. What you're looking for is vague. Yes, vague. Thank vague. you so much for what the. You, thank you so what much. What you guys are looking for is scummy. It's not vague. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's also scummy. Yeah. Let's let's just let's just put the words out there. If we're going to be controversial, let's just write it. Then like, again, it's coming. Then again, the whole uh, announcement thing, which the companies are doing, like it's pretty much normalized at this point. Like people do pay money for NS7 weekenders, and the announcements are done right after the early bird bird passes are like sold yeah, out. That, so that yeah, is, that's, that is that is that is exactly what I said. And they and these companies can do this kind of thing. Like, you know, NH7 and Mumbai, like Comic-Con India can do these kind of things because there are no competitions that A, can break in, can have that much money in their hands to provide an experience like that in the first place or organize it. B, they shut out all other, uh, you know, competitions before they even raise their heads. So, yeah, it's, it's a free market, quote-unquote free market. Do not quote me on that. Quote-unquote free, market free market for them. It's a free market. Yeah, it's a free market for them and they have all the money in the world that they can pour it, pour into that and get just as much as profit that they can 
like you know yank out of it so it's uh, anytime i see like you know people defending it's like oh yeah comic con does this nh7 does that i mean i went to both of these things just to see how it happens in india and both the times i was disappointed beyond my life but the meghalaya like, event was good no uh, the event was good but you know where you, the, the event where like the festive hills mm. where the event happens mm. it's about 20 kilometers away from like the city yeah i've so heard about this have, so you have to travel for 3 hours in a bus like the roads are fine everything is fine but it's in like the middle of fucking nowhere the place is wonderful i like there's no doubt about it and i had the time of my life mm-hmm. but i was stuck in the bus for over 6 hours at it, like you know the event ended at 10 11 so i was in the bus from 12 till 4 in the morning mm-hmm. because we were stuck in the fucking road and the roads were jammed like you know clogged up till mm. we entered the city we entered the city at 4 in the morning which was not supposed to happen mm. and could anyone provide an explanation no but everyone was like eh, we had fun no we didn't have fun we expected to come back home by what at least 12 and 1 and then get some sleep and then wake up next morning and come back home but we reached our hotels at 4 5 we got out of the hotel at 7 and we took our train at 10 or 11 and we were back home by the next day hmm. so it was hectic as hell and mm-hmm. the last day was not fun so let's let's uh, cut it cut the topic down and let's go to the conclusion so yeah whatever comic comic con n87 get your shit together or or we are coming for you yeah then <laughs> What? <laughs> what are you? Are you? Are you like threatening right now? Are we going to get into trouble now? No, no, no. We are, you know, issuing a competition challenge. Okay. That, you know, in that's, a couple of years. Enough. That's fair enough. I mean, yeah, in- intimidation is the best kind of flattery. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's not flattering if they're the only one up there. It's, uh, it's like, ah, uh, fine. You're the, the only one up there. Yeah. It's a whole reason for it. I love when Arnab joins in for the podcast. I have so much less work to do. Yeah, yeah because uh, I'm the only one. Uh, because I'm the only one angry enough and pissed off enough at all the same time. <laughs> yeah, can uh, we start the podcast? Yeah, now? yeah. We already started the podcast. <laughs> What are you saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. See, okay. Like, like this, you guys will have mileage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we are already 28 mi- minutes in to the podcast. Yeah. Anyways, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of events, like uh, Udit. Yeah, you went oh, to the gee. fighters showdown too. So you want to say something about the event because I watched some of the matches on Twitch and so okay. So uh, for background, uh, fighters showdown is this yearly fighting game tournament which happens in Pune, if I'm not wrong, and yeah. and it it generally hosts a, a Super Smash tournament, a Super Smash Ultimate, and Uh, <laughs> my favorite no, fighting game. The first time it's hosting uh, Smash Ultimate. Okay, first you know, time. Okay. Didn't exist before this. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So this year they had a Super Smash Ultimate tournament and <laughs> my favorite fighting game, uh, Tekken Seven tournament, which had like hundred plus ish uh, entrants, which is a huge thing for an Indian tournament, like fighting game tournament. And Udit uh, was there. Udit played two in both of the uh, fighting game. 
fighting game tournament so yeah udit uh, you want to say something about the event because yeah, I, you were you were more over there like compared to yeah me. firstly pune is a fucking weird city man i <laughs> okay but that's oh a good start that's a good start you can understand this is the place that gave birth to soham immediately <laughs> So Holmes not watching the podcast he just the logic works I mean even if he is what's the harm in that Yeah I mean I as say but I mean I mean yeah the city is pretty strange I mean have you seen the street names of the city like what um, uh, I, I don't know about this uh, we were in the place called Pimp Listen Sampad you live in Kolkata you don't get to talk about city Hey come on our our hey come on come on come on our our street names are much more classier than whatever street name Pune has okay we yeah, our yeah, street names yeah. are very classy Even Kolkata is each street name in Kolkata is literally named after a fucking generation stop whining Yeah but yeah, it still it, sounds cool yeah, it's no no it doesn't it's like it's Strand like Pune sounds more, so cool Strand Road sounds so cool. Like compared to I don't know uh, whatever name people have. Ah, that <laughs> it sounds much more cooler than that. Come on, I mean you guys cannot deny that. I can. I can. I will. Actually, can. Yeah. Kolkata is Boomer the city. Okay, are we going to get the Boomer Zuma meme? Might I, might I continue? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. So, uh, Tekken was the main event, and uh, Smash was the side event, which got pushed solely because of. Uh, and Tekken. this is again to the testament of how much the community of Smash has been worked hard to grow it, because it has lived purely by it. This is a, a game that is living and dying by its community, and uh, which was uh, like around. It started around eight months ago when there was melee, and now thanks to Ultimate, it has kind of boomed up. and we found quite a, fi- a f- handful of five people uh, in, uh, in in pune who play smash and the the gameplay has evolved really well the people who are playing smash and yeah mudra was there at tekken yeah our, our very own mudra went for the tekken tournament but the casters were she like another well, another another smash player like getting into the tekken and they were and at one point when she was uh, spacing the casters were like what she's spacing what what <laughs> I'm like I'm, yeah, she I'm was, a, and she was good. It was she good. was just very nervous. You could tell that she was yeah. very nervous. Yeah. I mean I mean she switched from a character called Katrina to Steve which she is much yeah, more comfortable no, no. playing in but yeah, well, she didn't have the practice. Uh, Rishabh told her her, her that uh, Katrina is a more tournament yeah, friendly yeah, character. Yeah yeah I know I know. Suggested that. I know. Yeah so uh there's no worries. Uh, she See, needs more experience with those kind of games uh, to get better and which I think will be a huge And she, I, way, and she got a quite a good experience because she called me up yesterday and like she was talking about it. Also, um, to uh, since we are talking about the experience, uh, Mudra and I decided that we are going to host some community events based around Tekken uh, pretty recently around September in Kolkata because we have some really good Tekken players in Kolkata, but there is not a single event like the last Tekken tournament was back at I don't know last year. Yeah. No, it was this year. I think it was this year. Okay, it was this yeah, year. Yeah, it was. It was early this year. It yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. It was early this year, and after that, we didn't host one single tournament. So we have been planning about it, and let's see how it pans out. I mean, 
My it's point, gonna be fine. We're gonna host Nerd Meet. It's gonna come down and it's gonna go fine. I mean, I mean, my point is pretty clear. Like, pitch in whatever money everyone can. Winner takes all. Like, whatever the tournament happens, like the winner takes it. Everything. Like, pitch in three hundred, five hundred, whatever you can. I mean, that's pretty good enough. Like, yeah. So we are planning about that. But yeah, uh, going back to that. Sorry for cutting you in. So no, 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 it's all right. Uh, so Tekken and uh, so uh, Tekken went fine. Tekken went as good as you would expect Tekken to go. Yeah. Uh, what I was mean, funny uh, was when I mean, yeah, so I when, saw a match between Quotes and Rats. So that's the highlight for the yeah. event for me. <laughs> oh, that, that was, was, that, was, was that, there, right? that was beautiful. That was the a beautiful match. Got so mad while watching that fight. That was <laughs> okay. like Twitch chat was like going holy shit. Who are these guys? And if that wasn't mad, the uh, the amount of mad people when they were watching Smash on Twitch, Sudanshu perm- uh, temporarily banned me from Twitch channel. By the way, <laughs> okay, that's that's why. Because uh, I was I was just saying uh, I, I I turned him salty when I was saying Smash greater than Tekken, Fucking and I was like, and he kept <laughs> and he kept I kept asking, telling him like uh, which which game got the highest amount of entrance and how much did Tekken get, and he got so pissed he just blocked me. But that's classic. Deserved, deserved, deserved. <laughs> But that's one thing about the Smash. The whole community came representing, and like every cheer was felt, and you could tell that that was the most wholesome community. Despite it being the side event, it stole the show that whole night. I can I can say and... this from whatever I've seen in the streams. Like the only mm-hmm. amount of cheering I was hearing from the uh, show floor was from the Smash community people. I don't know whether the Tekken community was like even cheering for anyone. Like you guys have no idea the amount of cheer Mudra got right after she lost. I'm like, oh my god, this is a good community. I must say, like that was yep, like beautiful. It's good. It's even, good. Even, and even it's the just casters, even the casters yeah. were like clapping after the Mudra's match because it was like it was good. It was high yeah. at one point, and yeah. And that's the thing; it's the case, and that's the case. Uh, that's been the case with Smash. Even in the US, Melee is a game that was meant to be a parting game, but it grew because of the community and just exploded. And I'm thinking that's pretty much what's happening with it in India. And props to everybody who's working on building hard hmm. this game, which props is considered to, props to yeah. prop, uh, Quartz and Vishar for like uh, helping out with the Super Smash community. Like they I'm are saying being... Vishar, like like you're saying Vishar. Vishar, <laughs> uh, someone shared. Okay, no. No, no, no. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a bad, that's a bad yeah. joke. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah, uh, shout out to both of them. Also, quads get good in Smash. I mean, you lost in top 8, so yeah. I lost to a fucking plant. I mean, you were playing Joker, so deserved. I played Hero. Uh, even even fair, more, even more of... deserved. Even more deserved. <laughs> the amount of yeah. deforestation happening, we're all going to lose to fucking plant. <laughs> That's the comment I literally say every other. To save my ego, podcast. right? I hate Jesus this podcast. To save my ego, that's podcast. exactly what I was saying, dude. <laughs> like, I hate this podcast. <laughs> everybody was like, they lost to a fucking plant. I'm like, I'm all for pro. I'm pro afforestation, all right? I'm not going to fucking harm a plant. My I, character always I mean, destroyed I mean, the world tree. I mean, if that's what we need for the whole uh, Mumbai deforestation thing to not happen, then yeah, I'm all up for it. Mm, see, the only way you can stop deforestation is by reducing the amount of humans we have, which is like mass genocide. 
No, no, just get, just, no, just, just, just introduce people to video games and they will automatically stop reproducing. It's just gonna. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, it shows. Like I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, people are going about it wrong. You're, you're, you're not violent. You're, you're not a good benchmark for anything, Sampad. Other than you know, studying. You're also, you're also, you're also like, a sample size smaller than what you actually are. So. <laughs> Okay. I hate this podcast. That was a three-way roast. <laughs> I am. I am going to delete tonight's podcast after the live stream. I am definitely deleting this podcast. Bold, bold of you to assume that it it doesn't exist anywhere else on the internet. I mean, if I delete it from here, nobody is going to download it. I am so, just yeah. gonna be downloading it right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, please do that because I forgot to like start the recording thing. Shut the fuck up, you doing? And loosh. <laughs> what? What was, okay, what was that? What was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I heard a audio from Tonmoy's mic, so I was a what the fuck. I literally just said and whoosh. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm uh, going back to the podcast. So you guys played Blair Witch, the new uh, Blair Witch game. Tonmoy, I played 15 minutes of Blair Witch. It's fun. You played 15 minutes of Blair Witch. 15 minutes is my signature tagline. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. But I played 15 minutes of Blade Witch, and I can safely conclude that the first 15 minutes are fun. Okay, that's like real. Hold on. 15 minutes is your signature tagline. Yeah, is I mean, I, 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 no. Is I it mean, only for games, or does it continue otherwise? I mean, I haven't experienced anything <clears throat> apart from gaming and cosplay. So yeah, oh, and okay. book reading. So yeah, deprecation is sad. I mean, well, I mean, let's be realistic. Come on. What else Very are you guys expecting? Like, what else uh, are you guys yeah, expecting? Uh, my, yeah, my, my, uh, your ex- expectations from me is already very low. What else are you guys expecting at this point? Like, come on. I don't know. Yeah, that's you the point. You us. don't know. Yeah. Hey, anyways, we self-deprecate even worse. Yes, yeah, so let's go back to Blair Witch. Okay, so, let's go back to uh, Blair Witch. Speaking of Blair Witch, the other supernatural. A game that I saw a lot of people playing was what was that game? Dark of Midnight or something? Man, yeah, man, of, man of, of, oh, I man totally of forgot about that game. Yeah, man, I have, I did not know about this game. Okay. I still don't. So, like, what is it? Man, so, so man, of man, man, basically of until dawn, but without the, without the things that made until dawn bearable. No, nah, Until Dawn okay. was actually a good interactive video game. It was just an... what I literally said. That's literally. It's not that. even bearable. Until Dawn is actually a good game. What are you saying? That is what But... he said. <laughs> it's a, it's a very bad game that had good parts that made it bearable. That's I mean, what he said, so. I, I mean, so... I mean, it's way better than whatever. Uh, what's that guy's name? I literally is? just yeah, said David Cage. Man of Medan. I literally said, "Man of Medan." No, you are going everything. to say. No, you are going to say, "Until oh Dawn is a good God, game." You are going to say that right now. But I do not have a 15-minute attention span. You do. I played that game for eight hours. Come on, say it. Like it's a good yes. game. Yes, but it's still a 15-minute experience for you. How is it a 15? Okay, let's let's not let's not. All right, uh, yeah, Man, Man of, of Medan is. Man of Medan is literally. Until dawn, but without any of the things that made until uh, that made until dawn bearable. From whatever I've seen, the That's over 
the overall gameplay whatever they have shown in the live streams or whatever i've seen it's pretty much until on reskinned in terms of the gameplay mechanics but a different story and different actors like Sean Ashmore's in it so yeah uh the yeah, tech but... used for man of medan is very good problem is the tech isn't used properly there the are bad tech... there are bad animations Yeah. Yeah. Super Ma- the last really the engine with Supermassive used for Until Dawn was Decima. I know that for a fact. Yes. So they yes. shifted to Unreal, and well, we have Man of Medan. So I guess they couldn't like transition properly, and hopefully the next Dark Pictures game is going to be good. Ah, uh, Tanmoy, do you think uh, um, uh, these guys should have stuck? uh to one platform and not gone multi plat like they did right now should have definitely stuck to one platform yeah, yeah. i i was i'm of the same opinion as well yeah. wait uh you mentioned decima engine are they using the same engine on different platform no 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 no, 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 no. no. this one's unreal. unreal this one's unreal oh, okay. using unreal now that's 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 yeah then it then they should have stuck to one platform You're... i mean i mean they had to yeah, get yeah. used to both of the engines like until don't yeah, took a long time It was a PlayStation 3 game initially, which got pushed to PlayStation 4, so it took See, a long time. Like any time a developer or a team of developers struggle with an engine, the resulting product is not good. We've seen that happen in BioWare. Everyone yeah, knew he was going to go there. Yeah, yeah, we know we were going to go there. <laughs> we know how bad BioWare oh. fucked up when they went to. No, we don't even just Anthem. It, 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 it was Dragon Age Inquisition. Was was Inquisition that bad though compared to Andromeda? No, I mean and... Inquisition was them getting used to the Frostbite engine, basically yeah. using an FPS engine for an RPG. Yeah, that's so, a that's a very bad move so, by like, Electronic. So yeah, uh, so yeah, the engine that resulted in Inquisition was a heavily modified, like Jason went heavily modified. So hmm. they were not working in a environment that they were comfortable mm. that's kind of how games tend to suffer right like right now when you have this amount of engine like so many free engines out there to work with and when unreal exists i don't exactly understand why developers start to you know micromanaging their stuff just use one engine make a good game you don't have to prove that you are technically you know efficient and everything just do one thing good make a good game that's the state that, there's that. also a factor that you have to consider wherein certain studios have in-house engines which they can utilize better to maintain their economy yeah Over, yeah unreal is perfectly fine unreal is very efficient but at the same time you have to pay a significant amount of royalty if your game game uh, earns a bit more than a, a specific threshold Developers don't like that, even though that threshold is significantly high. But uh, if you have a proprietary in-house <laughs> like Dice have with Frostbite, use it, but just don't use it to a point where you abuse it, basically. Yeah, and okay, so like we've talked about uh, Man of Medan and Blair Witch. There's two other. Okay, one of them is definitely supernatural. The other one is kind of not, but. The two games I want to mention. The two games that like. Hey, look, can I start one, that? Can I? Can one, I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? I'm I not know gonna, the game I'm, you're gonna talk about. Yeah. With, okay, go ahead. It uh, just to, just to say it. It doesn't start with C. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. 
<laughs> so yeah, the like, other un- the other unknown game that flew under almost everyone's radar, but I'm sure like Kanmai noticed it. No, fuck no, Jojo. fuck. Okay, which one are you talking about? I'm talking about Remnant from the Ashes. Oh we- boy. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Like that went under the radar for most people, but I know for a fact that Tanmay knew about it. Yeah, we talked about it in the podcast. I've been hyping Remnant from the Ashes for the past eight months. We have been hyping I Remnant, s- uh, Remnant from I the last podcast. I swear to God, if I see one more gaming outlet call it a fucking Dark Souls esque adventure, <laughs> I swear to Jesus, I'm gonna fucking lose it. Like it does like, have Dark Souls I- elements, but it's definitely not a da- not a Dark Souls game. No, it doesn't. It's closer Stop to calling it Dark Souls. It's closer to Dark- uh, Diablo and Darksiders than it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, is exactly. it? It's it's, it's it, very, it, it it's, looks like they reuse the word assets from Darksiders 3's word sections. Like the opposite, Darksiders 3 reuse the assets that were being used for Remnant. Yeah. How? So so what I'm trying to say is that the okay not. Darksiders 3 wasn't a complete failure. It was just a very critic. It was very critically, you know, received. it's a bad game. It's a mediocre game. It's, it's a, a mediocre, mediocre game. game. Yeah. The, the DLCs are bad. The base game stands out fine by itself. The DLCs are garbage. DLCs like are it did not garbage. The, 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 the game did not deserve a DLC whatsoever. It was fine just the way it was. Anyway, hmm. so. Like Dark Souls, Dark, God damn it, Dark Souls, Darksiders Three. Like it wasn't a complete failure. It wasn't a mind-blowing success. But whatever they learned, like whatever Gunfire learned from that game, they implemented it, it in Remnant from the Ashes. And uh, apparently, the game has achieved a place where it can continue to evolve. Please. So, like. So yeah, but I mean, this is what I'm thinking. Like, why are so many developers, like you know, making a failed game then learning from it? Why aren't they making like good games from the beginning? So the thing is with the development cycle, especially with how costly things are becoming. With uh, as somebody who's in the development field, I'll tell yeah. you. Uh, that is, is, that is these exactly games... what I missed the question. Yeah. So uh, since these games are more like live service right uh, and not like complete single player games uh, yeah. and uh, 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 the team is kind of small it's not like I uh, I don't think it's a huge team it's like 10 people I believe it, it's definitely not more than 10 uh, so the thing is there's a budget and a time deadline where they have to get the product out regardless of what otherwise they won't be able to fund the employees and you know uh, that's that's when you see companies closing down uh, so in games like this, the priority is to get the game to a place where it's functionable uh, rather than actually polished and then have, uh, and then, you know, fix things along the way and develop it along the way. And that is the, uh, that is how it goes. I'm not saying it's the ideal or the optimal way to go about it, but that's usually the way uh, the developers have picked up to, you know, move forward with games like this. Um, that's the process they follow. Fair I, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's a that's understandable. And uh, since you mentioned live service, this has become a thing for like it's not like it's not uh, you know restricted to MMORPGs anymore. It has become like something that pretty much 
like most of the games that come out right now do they have some sort of a live service model where you expect the games to continue it's not just one and done it keeps on growing so yeah uh, so that's yeah continue sorry no no it's uh, like you have something to add on yeah that, that and that's uh, understandable uh, because uh, earlier you would have games go through a beta phase right where you would have certain select people and uh, then based on the feedback you tweak and then finally release the content right and now it's like with games with this live feature the advantage that you get is that there's this constant live feedback that you get from players right Uh, uh it's kind of like a, a continuous long beta in itself uh where you're constantly getting pe- feedback from people on what to do and these are the things you uh, include in your next update and then you get an immediate feedback from the player base and then you keep tweaking and the advantage from the development is like it it, it it's less uh stress on their part because they don't have to like uh develop for long hours and then hope it clicks they can like uh have this back and forth development process going with the player and tweak it according to give players the best experiment not that it is always followed but yeah that's how i think uh, live service got very popular among the developers hmm. so True. the uh, the last topic i want to uh, touch on this is that live service has like we just said the live service has become a thing and as someone you've uh, like both of us like not both of us all of us more or less have played games that have had like not games mmorpgs in general have like one of those mmorpgs have had like you know you purchase it once and then you're done and mm-hmm. then there are games that are like subscription based so which one of these are you know actually good like which one of these are I'm sorry hang for- on man could you repeat wait just a second uh, my Hello? Yeah, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, just a second. So, Udit, just uh, interjecting a little bit. Gun uh, and he's talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, yeah, what was so the code again? Yeah. Just interjecting for a little bit. Uh, Gunfire Games now have 60 employees. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean that's still uh, that's a medium uh, sized place. Yeah. That's a medium sized studio. Yeah, I'm still sure their budget is not as much where that they can uh, keep them all, you know. Uh, a float in case I mean, the game fails remnant remnant is published by perfect world so it's a decent, it's a decently sized budget as well right i yeah. guess hmm. and uh, okay so yeah going back to the question i was saying that like we, all of us have played more or less one of one of mmorpg that was like buy once and you're done and the other one is subscription based like you buy it once then you pay monthly subscriptions so right which one of these methods like for me like as a player if i am seeing it from a player perspective i am uh, like paying a lot more in the uh, subscription based model like i'm paying a lot understand But on from the developer side uh, the subscription based model is the most profitable so why do one so one developer team or one publisher goes for the single purchase method and the other stays for the subscription method how do these things come into play and how which one is like you know the most balanced where is the most 
understood. I understand. Uh, uh, unfortunately, there's no one answer I can give to you because the way the monetization is done is dependent on different goals, right? Uh, if you think about MMORPG, they go from mid to high, uh, hardcore in terms of mid core to hardcore uh, g- uh, game, whereas as far as the mechanics are confer- concerned, right? Uh, yeah. Most of the subscription there is done to prolong the content so that players don't, you know, uh, immediately reach the end game. And they are more confident that the game has enough mechanics to have players uh, be engaged for a certain period of time. And hence, subscription model works well from them because that in itself acts like a a gating mechanism, doesn't it? Uh, You have a month where you can just keep playing and you're playing around with with the things. Uh, If you want to go to the next content, you would probably want to pay for that. But there's enough, enough mechanics in there for you to stay relatively engaged in the current wherever you are. Uh, so that's where MMORPGs benefit. Um, then uh, you have your, but then again, Monster Hunter World is one of those things which kind of uh, applies. It's an outlier. It's an outlier in that respect. Uh, but uh, again, it's an outlier in every respect that Mar- Monster Hunter World is going for a very, very specific audience. It's not yeah. really opening itself to you know uh, a, a casual player base. When it comes to a casual player base. Uh, you know that your uh, limited time value is rel- is relatively lesser, right? Your gameplay mechanics would suit a person for how much? Like if they were playing at a stretch, they'll probably get bored in like a day or two. That's what you see in your mobile games. And so hence uh, their gating and habituation is done to, you know, make sure you're blocked in 30 minutes within a day. And then the, uh, you know, microtransactions are done for you to unlock that. Uh, and those are cosmetics oriented because that's uh, that's usually what casual gamers mostly uh, care about. They're not very interested in mechanics, so these alternate skins are what gets them. So it depends on the kind of the game it is, the kind of the goal it is. Is it content gating or not? That's what uh, developers use when they think about monetization. I hope that answers your question. I, I don't know. I'm not al- as familiar with it as myself. No, so yeah, that that kind that like you know it's it, fine. That that will suffice for the time. But, <laughs> but the thing is, like, this is something that this is a topic I think that should be touched upon again after like a, like right now MMORPGs. From my perspective, MMORPGs are making a comeback. Uh, yes, like, they are. They are. They definitely like, are. Wow, WoW Classic got like a huge response. Guild Wars 2, uh, even after losing 140 developers, I, that is the number I heard. Like they lost 140 developers. They had to lay them off. So even after losing that many developers, they are still producing content. Destiny Final Fantasy 2, 14 is at its peak right now. Yeah, Final Fantasy 14 is still one of the biggest. And speaking of the next gen, Destiny 2 is coming to Steam and has like an insane amount of player base. Like for the last couple of months, I've been, yeah, for, yeah, I've been playing Destiny 2 like endlessly. Like I can't even explain why I'm attracted to the game at this point. Because at this point, I'm like, okay, fine, I have to play Destiny 2 because I've been, I've been playing Destiny 2. But 
the way Bungie has flipped, like, you know, flipped 180 and just made an about turn and completely revamped the game, it shows that Activision was the key to this entire thing. <laughs> or, or the lock. Or the lock. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus. You, I mean, you know that, I, like, I was the one who was chilling the game on Acidcast podcast. No, Back Destiny was Destiny. always was solid to play. It just lagged a lot of features that kept people engaged for but, a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you come back right now, the game is at a point where you can sink your teeth in and you will feel that you're getting your time's worth. Like, I'm all up for an MMORPG making comeback. Uh, to address your question and not to go off topic for too long on this, uh, I think the reason MMORPGs are making a comeback is finally they've realized and capitalized on the power of live service and how they can use this to, you know, massively improve the game, right? Yeah. Earlier, I think, uh, Tanmay, uh, uh, pardon me, but I think the World of Warcraft update patches, when they were few and far between, they weren't really large, huge chunks of content that were updated. Not as, uh, as compared to Final, 40, Final Fantasy fourteen, which brought up massive amounts of expansion whenever it updated its content recently. World of Warcraft patches were basically, there were three specific cycles of World of Warcraft patches after the first major expansion got dropped. You had your raids, you had your dungeon balances, you had class rebalances, and finally, the last few raid, uh, raid races. Right. Content updates were pretty big. Problem is, when the, when the first wave of the expansion hit, people would Flash farm, people would flash level, and by the time the first raids were online, people would either burn out or people would basically no life the game. And that was a very small minority. That's how World of Warcraft has been able to sustain itself. Had a very strong hardcore player base that just refused to give up. Right. Managed to keep the game floating worst of its phases. Lords of Draenor had one single up content update patch after the Holy after the expansion came out. That was a heap of shit. Yep. Lords of Draenor was basically thought of as Blizzard saying, okay, we messed up during Mists of Pandaria. Although Mists of Pandaria was very well received. So we people thought that Ward was basically Blizzard saying, okay, we listened, we're going to make things better. Then Ward came out. It was okay. Then months later, the first raid patch came out. And then nothing. Actually, okay. nothing. Right. And you had Legion. Legion was pretty healthy. Legion had a very well spaced out content update uh, timeline, content update pipeline as well, which was good. Legion saw a lot of players coming back. And then battle for Azeroth happened. <laughs> so uh, going back to your question, Odit, the uh-huh. Warcraft used to space out their uh, content updates. World of Warcraft used to space out their content additions. Problem is, that particular kind of uh, update pipeline doesn't work anymore. Now you have to satiate a community and a player base that is always hungry for content. Right. Uh, be it through weapon rebalances, be it through character rebalances, be it through even inner quality of life additions. You have to keep your community engaged at every single point of time. Otherwise, you're going to see the same thing that's been happening to Division 2. Right. It started off insanely good. It had some very good content additions right in between. But the momentum is steadily declining. It's, yeah. uh, no, no. I, 
since you mentioned division 2 i want to mention that the game at this point is effectively dead yeah why why is that because if you remember when division 2 was first announced the developers the uh, studio director came out and said that all of our content like future content additions will be free uh, meaning yeah. that every dlc would be free okay that's fine and well the first dlc launched it was free the problem is the uh, match made uh, the matchmaking uh, the activity that was in, that was promised the match made activity that was promised uh, is now effectively uh, not in the game because they've stopped i have no idea why that has happened but one day i decided to check in reddit what do i see that uh, ubisoft like ubisoft massive is shutting off expeditions expeditions was the thing that came out in the dlc patch they've now shut it off so you just have two missions that came in and nothing else not nothing else the dlc like 90 imagine 90% of the dlc is locked off you can't do it because i god knows what the reason is and you just have two missions that you can run endlessly and that's going to burn people out so division 2 at this point is effectively dead in water it's it's sunk a it has sunk a lot and it's about to hit the sea floor and it's going to stay there hopefully I I don't know how they can revive the game from this. I I genuinely have no idea. And uh, like you mentioned that World of Warcraft has a very stagnant content plan like they can't keep their players uh interested enough for the uh time that they need to develop the other content. I have no idea why Blizzard is failing to do that especially when they had like a team like Bungie who were working in tandem with them on a separate MMORPG like De- Destiny 2 right now has a 3 month content plan like you know each 3 month they release a new uh, set a set of content and after those 3 months that content is gone but everything that you earned in in that timeline okay my signal just disconnected for a sec Uh, so yeah, uh, like I was saying, that everything you earned in that three-month period, or everything you, that you played, will probably make a return in the future. But for that time being, it's gone. But you have new content to sink your teeth in. So I have no idea why Blizzard is actively looking away from its competition, because Blizzard has a lot of competition to look look towards. Uh, they have guild. They have Guild Wars too. which is one of the old like at this point one of the oldest mmorpgs out there right now they have destiny 2 they have division which has a good content although it's dying they have final fantasy 14 i have no idea why blizzard is actively looking away from these things and listen forget how is elder scrolls doing and uh, they give away morrowind for free what I think I think they gave away an expansion for free. Yeah, the base game and the expansion and the Morrowind expansion is now like with the 7.99 standard edition. Okay, yeah, they gave away the oh, expansion so, for free with the standard pack. Yeah. Uh, so wait, if I have the standard pack from before, do I get Morrowind by default? I guess yes, you so. Do. I guess so. But since this okay, is Zenimax, so, we don't know. Okay, so I, yeah, but I st- but okay, so they do. So okay, this is one thing that I need to really need to mention is that right now, developers uh, are doing this kind of thing where they are introducing their older content and merging it, like you know, with the newer content and making it free. 
Zenimax did it. Zenimax has now done it with Morrowind. If you like, uh, this announcement came in two days ago. That if you have bought uh, Guild Wars 2 Path of Fire, the latest expansion, you'd get Heart of Thorns for free. You get Heart of Thorns for free. Exactly. I have no idea why these things are being done by everyone except Blizzard. I I genuinely do not understand what Blizzard is thinking right now. The problem with Blizzard is they have way too much content. It's a content overdose that they cannot control. And at the same time, if you reintroduce older content, then you'd have to rebalance 15 years worth of existing content. Oh, dude, that is going to be hell, though. Yeah, like, if you you reintroduce... Like, see, uh, they're getting World of Warcraft... uh, Sorry, Warcraft 3 Reforged, which is a completely separate topic. Uh, World of Warcraft Classic released. Still don't have Naxxramas. They still don't have Molten Core. A lot of what? the yeah, a lot of the they don't have um, Nax Ramos. Nax forty isn't available right now. Nax twenty is. <laughs> I mean, it's less than one week since launch. I mean, w- come on, Nax forty released one week after War Vanilla. Remember? <laughs> Remember? X40 wasn't available on launch day. Uh, Pardon me if I'm not wrong, but Blizzard has always been the philosophy of not being too big on making tight balances. They were more like, if it's broken, like, let everything be broken. They have, they have, ever Uh, since patch 1.02. No, 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 no. I think think, think Bungie takes the cake on that since I've been playing Destiny 2. No, that's a, that's no, that again. Um, the back, that's, yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, that's the reason why they ha- they have shot themselves in a foot in that they can't go back and reintroduce the old content because of that design philosophy that they have. Can they because can they reintroduce older content? It's not a problem if they reintroduce something like Wrath of the Lich King or Cataclysm. Hell, they can just go back and reintroduce Siege of Orgrimmar. <clears throat> The problem is the state that the game is in right now. It would require an extensive amount of reworking. I, they I, did so, they did I so back in think, I genuinely think that they should do that. Like regardless of where their game games are, they have like not to you know hate on the developers or anything. They have enough DLCs out there. Like honestly, they have. More DLCs than any other MMORPG in the history of MMORPGs at this point. Honestly, it feels like that. And they do. Like, right now, they if they want their game to survive for, like, as long as other MMORPGs uh, will, they, right now, what they need to do is go back to the drawing board and make everything balanced to the point that everything is on the same level. Like, everything is polished. Make your game polished. So that anyone who joins in, like, I'm not talking about the 15-year-old veterans or anything. I'm talking about a fresh player who has heard of World of Warcraft for, like, I don't know how many years. Now, that person thinks that, hey, I'm going to try World of Warcraft. They start playing and instantly they're, like, drawn in to the game because it feels so nice to play the game. And okay, uh, just interjecting a little bit, I was a little bit wrong about Molten Core. Ragnaros has been defeated already. Molten Core is available, and Onyxia has also been defeated. And Ragnaros has apparently been one shot. Someone one shot. Somewhat. Someone one shot Ragnaros. What the shit? Okay. What wasn't that one of wasn't that one of the like ball breaking encounters in the first one? Yes, mythic and nah, heroic Ragnaros was arguably one of the most difficult 
end bosses in all of Warcraft. Get yeah, War Vanilla I mean, in all of Warcraft. Yeah, it's it was like all the all the war all the first time World of Warcraft bosses were legendarily difficult because at that point the game was properly balanced. I would assume. Like when you're launching a game, I would assume that things are balanced properly. Otherwise, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> I have no idea who shot Ragnaros, but I'm really in- interested in finding out how he did it. Well, I guess they stacked all the buffs in the war- wide world. But, uh, yeah, you can't I... exactly do that anymore because a lot of the mechanics were removed. Never came oh, back okay. for WoW Classic. Okay, then. Yeah, we're gonna find it out soon enough. All right. So, uh, like, uh, okay, one thing I want to mention is that the Udit mentioned that the outlier in this case, Monster Hunter World. Yeah, have you guys seen the new trailer for Zinogar? Yep. What was the original yeah, I, topic I, I for the podcast? I think I tagged though? you in the post for it. Yeah, you did. The original topic, we <laughs> left the original topic way back. Yeah, because it's, it's I'm, I'm clueless at this point. I'm just. Uh, yeah, doing we're, the we're talking about MMORPGs and how they are making a comeback. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's how... fine, it's fine, you guys keep on going, like, I'm getting... So also, one other, one other aspect that you have to take into account is that games that are nowhere near MMORPGs are actually adopting the same mechanics from MMOs. Yeah. Live service and, uh, is a... and the MMOs are doing the same from the other games, because right now, yeah. Destiny 2 is going to have a battle pass. Yep. So, that, eh? that's what one. has a battle pass. Yeah, Warframe has a battle pass. Fucking Destiny Rainbow Six Siege have a has a pass. battle pass. Huh? Which one? It's Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six has a oh, double yeah. down battle pass. Yeah, that that Rainbow Six one pissed me off. Like that, that very much pissed me off. Like uh, you are paying for season pass and then you have a battle to pay pass for battle on top pass. of a battle pass. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 like Ubisoft just closed their eyes. It's like. Huh, I guess we have introduced enough content. What can we do to piss, piss players off other than unbalanced garbage? It's like, huh, let's introduce another battle pass. That seems nice. Like, either remove your season pass shit and like make battle pass the standard uh, monetization, yes. monetization just, thing for your... Or just fucking fix the goddamn maps. Jesus, how hard I mean, I mean, are they, they are fixing it right now. Like, they are reworking most of the maps. So, like... Which are they reworking tower? Uh, that map needs to be, like, purged from the pool in itself. So, yeah. I mean, it's that's a... That's a, a, a I mean, I mean, to me, it's a meme map at this point. I mean, we all play Recruit on that map. Like, we don't care I, about I that don't, map. I don't even play it. Anytime it comes up on my playtime, I just instantly alt everyone. I'm like, I'm not playing tower. Nah, I, I play it. I play... See, I don't play ranked. I normally play casuals because that is much more fun for us. Like, compared yeah, to... Yeah, even I play... Try hard. I don't play compi. I don't play compi. Like, honestly. being... Um, uh, it's better to, like, have fun than being a um, sweaty tryhard on ranked. Even even if you're playing on normal, tower is not fun. But it's, it's not it's not fun. Like verticality, like that doesn't work. Like in a game, like siege at least. Yeah, but all right. So yeah, we yeah, deviated yeah. from the point. Yeah, is go, that going back. To I the was topic. talking about like Udit. Have you watched the Zinogar trailer? You know, no, I don't think I have. You so. One of these, uh, I think it's uh, the flagship for MH3U, 
Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. So yeah, the, all, they're basically bringing back every other flagship monster from mm-hmm. every other Monster Hunter game to Monster okay. Hunter World. Wow. So this brings me so much joy that eventually down the line, we are probably going to see Gore Magala and Shagaru Magala. Holy yes. shit. That is... To a certain extent, even Jen Moran. Yes, Jen Moran and... I, uh, will they bring back Jen Moran? If they bring back Jen Moran and Shagaru Magala, they have to bring back Shen Moran. Hmm. So yeah, those things... Okay, Jen Moran and Shen Moran are like Dalamada uh, size things, but yeah. But... So like, Monster Hunter World, that thing has gone from being like a very subtle launch to one of... Still one of the biggest launches in the history of Japanese games. It blows yeah. my mind how... ফ্রাঞ্চাইজ Okay, uh, you have an entire franchise that was built upon portability and then you give it accessibility. What right. could go wrong? And at the same time, it's complemented by seasonal events, monthly rotations, and just a heap of story content that's added in between. And most of the tradition is a story content. Right, and, and those are all free. The story doesn't make sense. It, that's that's, the, thing, that's right? the best part about the game. The, the story is like one of the most disconnected stories I've ever seen in any game. Yet it has the most sense. I'm like, what? Monster it, Hunter World's entire story can be summed up in one word. Dragonator. It, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, NCH Productions even did a video on that. Like, they had one entire video on Dragonator. It's like, anything happens, the commander is shouting, GET THE DRAGONATOR! Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, he'll be dying soon, so... Okay. Is that a good thing or bad thing? It's a nobody cares kind of. Oh, it's fine then. Okay, uh, so, like, uh, Arnab, what are the chances that the uh, Everworm turns out to be Dalamator? Uh, however you pronounce it. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big chance, depending on what the Everworm is. I mean, if, I mean, the Everworm can turn, turn out to be Sh- Shagaru Magala, I'm pretty sure it can happen. Mm-hmm. Because nobody, like when Shagaru and Gord even came out, nobody knew what kind of dragons they were. Gord Magala doesn't even have a species, like it doesn't even have a species tag. Like it's just unknown. Everyone is like, hey, Wyvern, hey, Dragon, Elder Dragon, Gord Magala, unknown. What? And then automatically Shagaru Magala transforms into an Elder Dragon. So, <laughs> Everworm can be anything. It's like, yeah, even, I don't think even Capcom knows what they wanted to do with that. It could even be Xenogiva just reborn. 
I, I, that would be a cop-out. I don't think Capcom would do that. I, I genuinely do not think Capcom would do that. At this point, they could. It'd still be good. It, it will be good, but I don't think people will let them get away with it. Because, I mean, for what it's worth, Monster Hunter World has a pretty, uh, you know, vocal fan base. Like, a really vocal fan base. That's true. They would, like, and right now, their fan base has grown from East, uh, East Asia, uh, like, Southeast Asia to, like, the entire world. Monster Hunter World has put them on the map. Like, this is one game that has been critically acclaimed by... Like a lot of people who do, who did not even know that the series existed. So right now the community is in a place where they do want something that is new. They do want something that is not refurbished Xenojiva. That would be a big cop out. Like, and I don't think people will take well to that. But yeah, I mean they could. But yeah, from a lore perspective, it could be. But speaking from a per- purely gameplay perspective, it's a bad move. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very bad move. I mean, Xenojiva, as good a fight it was, wasn't the most memorable fight. I mean, Xenojiva is literally story plot armor, nothing else. Yeah, and uh, the fight itself was kind of bad because, first of all, you had a giant monster with a huge hitbox, and the hitbox was kind of bad in the first place to begin with a lot of monsters. Like, Nergigante pissed me off. But Xenojiva had like, I think what, 1.5 times the larger hitbox than its actual size, which made uh, like, a, which made fights a lot harder than it already was. Yeah. It like, it pissed, it pissed me off when I started fighting Xenojiva. But yeah, that outlier is still going strong, which is like, oh god. <laughs> I, I still cannot understand how Capcom just thought, we're going to release Monster Hunter World, like a Monster Hunter game for the West, and it's going to be the best thing in the world. And they did it. They actually did it. See, the best it way is- they've realized is to embrace their Japanese rule and just stick to that. And the West will love them for example. Yeah, it's, it's just that. They were like, we're going to be obnoxiously Japanese about our game, and you're going to love it. And everyone's like, okay, we love it. <laughs> that was the thing, but it worked. It really worked. And, and, it, and kudos to Capcom. They stuck to it. They stuck with their games. All right, Sampath, what do we have next? Okay, uh, have, I want have to have go anything back. next. Yeah, we have something. Okay, uh, I want to go back to Blair Witch uh, once more because I was reading up on the game's storyline as to when it is set. Uh, Tonma, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the original Blair Witch movie, you have seen it, right? Yep. Yeah, so uh, the movie set around 1994, if I'm not wrong, the time when the, uh, the girl and the two guys like go missing in the forest. 1994 or 5 but yeah it was it was 1994 so uh as per the game story it's it is set in 1996 so is it like a retconning to the whole lore of the Blair Witch in general because I know that I wouldn't say it's a retcon I wouldn't say it's a retcon it's more of like a parallel storyline yeah because I know for a fact that Blair as per the lore of Blair Witch uh every 50 or 60 years Blair Witch like 
pretty much gets people into her forest and like make them do her bidding so like the first time it happened right after the townsfolk killed her and 50 years later she did it with a nomad guy inside the forest who lived inside the forest and he like pretty much killed kidnapped girls and like killed them like that is as per the official uh lore there's no official lore for it it's folklore uh, um, yeah, there are multiple variations. There yeah. are multiple variations of what yeah, people say about the player witch. But but yeah. that's that's what is like officially like oh. followed for the lore, right? Like oh. that is no. what no. the no. Advertise, advertisement no. materials were. Oh. Oh. So so where is this said? Because that happens. The game happens pretty much two years after the original movie. Then that's pretty much red coin. Like I said, like I said, it's a parallel storyline. Okay. I don't think it's where it's meant to be tied like a canon story. I don't uh, think that's. What I don't know. Like... like they are selling it off as like, like they are selling the three movies and the game together in one bundle right now. And what if you mean? have all of the if you have all of the properties established under the same goddamn name, how else would you sell them? No, I'm just saying that. Maybe they are connected somehow, and then they decided uh, they would the Blair, on it. The Blair Witch remake is not connected to the Blair Witch original movie. It's a filthy reboot. It's a, it's a bad Blair, movie, yeah. yeah. The two Ooh. original Blair Witch games, the episodes, they're loosely connected, but not directly. Uh, and this one, if memory serves right, is supposed to be a retelling of the original story. Mm. I mean, like the reboot pretty much reboot showed us pretty. that Blair Witch can control the lights in the forest. Like, what the fuck, man? Uh, that's an established bit of information. Like, that's that's what like she can say she can it. control the uh, forest in general. Like, she, yeah, something like that. Like she alters we the forest. Just, and she, we were shown that back in the original movie itself. Like she control like. She controls direction the... inside the forest. She controls the features of the forest. And she, she also alters the, the mindset of the people inside the forest. That That's pretty much like set. Yeah. Yeah. That. It's kind of set in stone as far as the lore of the Blair Witch is concerned. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. You guys have used the main word which is control and we're not going to talk about it before we end this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that's stage. Yeah, I mean, so we finally have the game releasing it. And, you know, I, 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 let me just tell you the story of how much heat I had taken for just promoting it as, as my most hyped game. I mean, you <laughs> went out of your way and promoted in a group called Implying We Like Video Games. What were you expecting? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I took so much heat for that. And, uh, but uh, hey, man, it paid off. It just feels good with a developer who's actually, actually going in as an underdog, which is surprisingly considering its remedy and the pedigree they have. And with so much set to prove and to see them deliver in such a way. And this finally feels like, now we know it's it's, it's a tall order to say, and I've not played too, lo- too much of it, but I think we have Remedy's magnum opus here from whatever I'm playing it. Uh, and if any, if you guys didn't know me, uh, my uh, sci-fi is one of the, the genres I'm most passionate about. And in, within the sci-fi, there is a sub-genre which is really where I, I, I thrive, like I'm super passionate about, which is the new weird. And we haven't had a lot of games who tackle that genre. As far as I remember, Tanmay would probably correct me, uh, Control is the first dive into that thing. And they're going all in. And it just... 
there were people who were just saying this is going to be f- feel flat like uh, quantum break this is going to just be another you know uh, mostly an interactive movie it's not it's just the gameplay is solid the atmosphere is well done the cut scenes especially they blend in so well within the gameplay uh it's like what you would wish hideo kojima kind of did with his games uh and the whole lore especially the mystery that surrounded with the his and the weapons especially uh, that within my f- so early playthrough already brings so much intrigue and i do love the concept of you act you as a player actually being a voice inside the main character's head guiding her in what to do so my first impressions are i'm super intrigued and i believe arnab and uh, sampath have gone much further than i did uh, what do you guys uh, think of control explain to in particular Oh, sorry about that. My mic went off. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Uh, so where was I? Quantum Break. Yeah. So okay. So it cut at the right moment. So yeah. Uh, Quantum Break wasn't a good game. Like even by Remedy standards, it wasn't a good game. They were trying new things out, which is like props to them. They tried everything, and that was the introduction to the Northlight engine, which they have polished like anything. The game is polished. as heck it's running really good on my system so i can say that for a fact and no rtx please let's not go over there and yeah it's a it's a good comeback to remedy's roots like it's a good game and this thing just a, a comeback to the roots it's also a huge venture into completely unknown when you say that most of the other games have been linear and this yeah. was the venture into I metroidvania have, genre i have one issue with this game which i can understand that 505 pretty much shoehorn that whole thing into the game the map the map which is provided to the player like that looks like something which is forced because i'm pretty sure samlek and team wanted us to like explore the whole um, uh, what's that place called i keep on forgetting what's the place called yeah, house the oldest house yeah, yeah um, um, samlek and team wanted us to explore the oldest house by ourselves like exploring uh, taking it in the atmosphere and everything because the atmosphere in this game is like holy shit that, that's like alan wake and max payne combined together throw in uh, quantum breaks graphics and storytelling in general like cut scene and like have, have it be directed scene. by david lynch basically and being directed by david lynch you have control and which is like them giving tribute to their predecessor games and it shows like there are a lot of things in this game which they have like mastered from the previous one like i'll give you an example uh, alan wick has this thing where uh, you have to search for alan's uh, story pages like those are like the collectibles in the world you have to like the game's pretty linear but you have to like go through the levels sometimes um, most of the time to just search for those pages which uh, gives you an outline as to what story alan was writing and it also gives you a foreshadowing as to what is going to happen right at that moment as you progress through the story because 
Alan Wake's plot is pretty much Alan's writings coming to like, coming yeah. becoming a yeah, reality. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. That's yeah. pretty much what the story of Alan Wake is, and Rem, what Remedy did is like throw in those pages in the world and letting the players like find those out and like let them go crazy and like think whatever they want to. Control uh, did a really good thing. Like they uh, they uh, borrowed the whole Alan Wake's idea and mashed it up with Quantum Break's lore building in the world because uh, Quantum Break also has really good write-ups in the world which you can collect and read through and Control did that. Control did it really well. Like they like you can understand what kind of a place the oldest house is and their occupants were like just through reading those like texts like i generally play my games pretty fast like i i like to like finish the first playthrough as fast as possible <coughs> and then i like to go to the second playthrough and start collecting whatever i can like that is how i play the game but this time around i am like actively searching for whatever write-ups I can find in the world because it is giving me a pretty good idea as to what kind of a word control is because there are a lot of writings in this game and that is like the strong point of this game like the content in it like the amount of write-ups in the game that is like something really commendable on Remedy's part and I love about it I love everything about the game as much as I've played it also yeah Poets of the Fall Again, they are they Old gods of Asgard. They have, oh, they have returned. Yeah. See, Poets of the Fall has an Easter egg in this game. I'm not going to say oh where it is. Oh my god, that was the weirdest thing when I walked into that room. No, 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 that is there. I'm not going to like spoil it because uh, let's see how many viewers we have anyways. Like two viewers, I guess. <laughs> no, they have I, I have not gone that far into the game. Really. Okay, okay. So there, uh, slight spoiler alert, Udit. Uh, there is hmm. a Easter egg, which uh, which you have to find in the world, like. And that's the song by Poets of the Fall. Mind you, Poets of the Fall, not Old Gods of Asgard. That's oh, Poets of the Fall. Okay. So you have to find yeah. it in the world. Yeah, so when I found that, I was like, wait, what? So Why is Poets of the Fall going on? It's like, what? So it's Stop. there. And another Easter egg is the Old Gods of Asgard. Now here's the thing which comes in my mind when there's Old Gods of Asgard in the game. Is Control yes. and Alan Wake set in the same universe? I mean, so Quantum Break had certain Easter eggs to Alan Wake as well, right? Uh, oh, no, no, it, it definitely is because I think there was a cutscene or something like that that was Alan Wake actually talking to Jesse. So I saw that somewhere, but I'm, I can't figure out which part of it. And you have, to, you have to understand, uh, Remedy getting the rights to Alan Wake back like almost so uh, three weeks back, so close to the release of Control, might not have been a, a, coincidence, a coincidence after all. They might have been fighting for this. I can you know, confirm this much to you guys that there are like mentions of Alan Wake's whatever Alan Wake's in. Sorry about that. Alan Wake's incident, the whatever happened to Bright happened in Brightfall. There are mentions in Control as like FBC documents, which you have to find in the world. Like you have to have a really good eye to like find the document and actually read through it. So I, it I'm reading everything. So it they kind of give me the vibes of SCP Foundation. Yeah, exactly. They, they, was, they was, inspired. Was... They were inspired by SCP Foundation. Like they have said it multiple times that they were. Uh, 
inspired by so, scp like, foundation any time i was i'm playing this game this is i'm like this is scp the game this is literally <laughs> scp the game exactly and, right but well, I, i genuinely enjoy the game like what what the game is what is trying to tell me what is trying to portray i genuinely enjoy the game but one thing i have to mention is that i understand what the outlook of the game was what they wanted to say but it feels like somewhere some way there was like two different teams working on multiple aspects of the game and somehow in very subtle ways and in places in very like you know uh, i would say very uh, noticeable ways those aspects did not merge in well i see like uh, so the gunplay and the combat and everything it fits like it fits like a glove and everything but the storytelling like the one thing that has been pissing me off is that jessy keeps saying everything in her head with that voice that she has i did not need that exposition this is when you're saying that it's a new weird kind of thing yeah the exposition is supposed to be found out by the uh, reader or whoever is being subjected to that kind of platform or anything so if uh, i'm supposed to be finding out what is going on i need to have my own interpretation about that right i understand no the i understand that yeah the monologuing of jesse ex- like completely blows open the exposition part it's like hey i'm going to throw it in your face so even if you were going to figure it out eventually you're going to figure it out right now because i'm going to say it out loud to you that's Ooh. something that breaks the immersion of the game and the story the Ooh, story bro. is like the story is really good i i was genuinely enjoying like the first thing that ticked me off that the game was going to be good is when you first enter the building right when you first right. enter the building you have arti's uh, like arti's uh, picture on the wall right yeah you talk to you talk to arti you walk around the corridor you end up at the same exact point where you left like the corridor you entered through is the corridor you exit through but you made a whole circle of the building right and then you come out and then you see the arti's arti's picture is gone right that is the first thing that ticked me off that was like okay this game is going to be weird and that is fine so let things be weird that is one thing that i want to point out the developers they somehow they think that if they don't take the risks somehow the game will be lost but that's not the point the point is that you make a game and you leave it to the players to figure out if the game is weird to them let it be weird let it let that be the charm of the game it hasn't ruined my experience but i know for a fact that there are people out there who are way more critical than me and will take this like way harshly and I, yeah I, i totally get it the concept where uh, they in, they introduce your character as a voice as a younger brother i think you are you are the younger brother oh, 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 oh. you're you wrong you're that. wrong you're wrong right. I, i'm i'm not, not i'm not going to even tell you who the voice yeah. actually is but just keep on playing the game that's all i guess yeah say. yeah it's, but so, yeah on the third act it, the gameplay is solid the gameplay rotation see, is solid see the gameplay I, the gameplay is pretty grounded for a game like this because remedies games are not really like revolutionary in terms of gameplay it's like very grounded you have shooting but, yeah. you have to but they all much... have their own quirks what i yes. really like about remedies gameplay they all have their own quirks if you see alan wake uh, sorry we, max payne if we see they have that bullet time yeah 
if you had that's, Alan Wake, you had the torch see. mechanic where you had to uh, like put themselves on, uh, you know, uh, you had to light them up before you could shoot at them. And then this comes with its own quirky gameplay style. And quantum style. break with the whole time. Yeah. The whole time game and, like slowing down time and like shooting your enemies. But, yeah. but like that. that is the thing about Remedy is that they learned, what they learned from quantum break is that for a game to work, for a big budget game to work, they have to make it interesting. And Quantum Break, for the for whatever worth it is, in the first hour of the game, I could not get myself immersed in the game. It's just so bland. Yeah, like, quantum yeah. Break is like disappointing by Remedy standards. That's okay. Yeah, like but, see. but the parallel is, even in uh, Control, you start firing your gun as soon as you get the gun. That's the thing. Even in Quantum Break, the fight starts out as soon as the game starts. But the thing is, Control has a setting. The Control has an atmosphere that is so inducing. Like, you get into the game, and what do you see? People are floating. Like, randomly floating. And you have no idea what the fuck is going on. And you shoot them, and the people explode, and you, have, you still have no idea what is going on. But then you get attacked. By something that you can make or make like you know any lick of sense, and that is the thing. Control is intriguing, and but one painful thing of control that like really kind of sours the experience a bit is that some of the best uh, boss encounters are not in the main campaign. Oh, you you, you have, have to, to play through these side quests. I yeah, can yeah, see that. Arguably, the side quests are as good, and this is one thing that is very important. Just as much as the it hurts to hurts me to say that the boss fights are like the major boss fights in the game are not as good. The side quests are just as good as the main game, if not better. Like I would totally play like ten more hours of these side quests. I guess are they so are they like one of kind of thing like. Yeah, they're completely separate. You can take these side quests at any point you any point in time you encounter them. And you can find one uh, one of these randomly. And best part is you are not level gated for the side quests. So nice. That's your metric. Yeah. Yes, you you can't just encounter a level four side quest in level one when you have clearance level one. Even if you go in as a clearance level one, you can complete the side quest. One of the best things about this, the game is that the game does not restrict you. The game, Anything you see, the game you you, uh, promotes the fact that you have to go back to the settings a little bit later down the line because... The, I guess, I mean, that's familiar to you since you, you're big into Castlevania and other Metroidvanias, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is how it is. You get the power-ups, you go back to that uh, to that room or the containment sector. And pretty much like uh, go and get the object of power. Uh, there's there's a side quest in that game which revolves around that. Like when you get the floating power up, that is only when you can finish that side quest. So there are there are tidbits like that. Like you can finish the side quest, but uh, to progress through the whole side quest and to end it, you have to progress through the story, which is like pretty natural. Like Remedy asking you to actually play the uh, main storyline and not focus much on the side quests. So, like, keep a balance on both of them. That is and, that is what the motive of Demity was. I, 
One thing I'm going to mention is that Remedy learned from Quantum Break is that people really, really dig the entire, like, you know, the architecture of their games. Right. Quantum Break, for oh, yeah. what it's worth, had really good architectures and, like, the powers, how they molded the world and everything, how time worked. Like, Remedy has this idea. Sam Lake has this, like, really interesting brain. Like, Sam I want to really want to poke into it. Uh, and uh, okay, before we want to uh, before we end this, I really want to talk about one interesting thing. I want to make a special conversation around the protagonist, which I do believe is worth mentioning because I find her really intriguing and unique in many ways. Let's say this she is the first is. time. Uh, uh, is this the first time Remedy has gone with a yeah. female protagonist? Yeah. Uh, this and is it's the not first just, time. Uh, uh, Remedy also focused much more on the female uh, side characters, so like. Uh, this is one thing which is there, which is pretty prevalent in Remedy's game, is that the ma- the storyline revolves more around the male characters. Like we have been seeing that since uh, Max Payne One, the only female supporting cast was Mona Sachs. I think you guys yeah. know about her. Yes, S- yes. Same goes for Alan Wake. The only uh, su- female supporting character in that game was this sheriff in the town. Uh, I forgot her name. What was her name? Anyways, uh, it was something with S, but most of the supporting cast was like male. Uh, Quantum Break had a balance, a little bit of balance, like Beth Wilder was a female and then there was this one option where you can uh, recruit this activist, this female activist. But the supporting cast, again, in that game was a a male character, like whatever that Dark Knight Rises guy's name is, like... (laughs) <laughs> like that CIA uh, guy, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you and, know who it is. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, Dr. Powell, I'm CIA. Yeah. Now, what I wanted to say was not only is it a first time female, it's also a very unique take that we haven't seen a lot. That you see most of the female characters you see in video I games, they're like, see they're, you know, for a fact yeah. that the whole decision wasn't shoehorned for a change. Yeah. Like it yeah. fits fits so well with the setting. Like I am not feeling like okay, uh, Sam Lake for a fact actually forced all of this onto me. I am playing through the game and it feels very natural for me. Like, all right, yeah. there's there's this girl whose brother was kidnapped at one point ten years back. She's searching for her brother and she somehow came to con- bureau and, and somehow became the director. And that's and pretty like, much it. Yeah. And I like that it's like a, a character in her mid-thirties, somewhat experienced-looking person, uh, who has uh, who has de- already uh, has a bit of development done. I know. What do you think of the characters, Jesse? Um, Jesse, uh, like when the game started, she was one-dimensional, as any character should be. Because you're starting off at that point. There's not you much are, to develop. You are not given like anything. You her, hear yeah, her you're not monologues. given anything. You're just, you're just a character walking into the building. You have no idea about anything. I, you're like, you're it, like, okay, you're a standard female protagonist. We are going yes. as her. Yeah, that's exactly. It. And, and then it keeps on developing. And that's the thing. Like, it keeps on developing. You read whatever documents there are. You can read some of the 10 years ago's ordinary incident. And you, like, start to, like, get some sort of, like, character development for Jesse. That is the best thing about this game. Like, you have to read whatever there is in the environment to actually get into the main actual story mm. of Control. So yeah, that is the thing, like, uh, what Remedy did in terms of character development, they actually, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this, they actually made uh, collectibles 
worth your time mm-hmm. which is insane like ubisoft puts a shitload of collectibles in your games but they have no value it's, whatsoever it's not in, it's not incentivized like ubisoft's yeah, collectibles are just for the sake of it like if you feel like okay uh today i'm going to go through this whole area of map and just try to search these these two three random things which looks cool cool and i can like flaunt the screenshot on facebook or any other social media platform like hey i got this collectible it looks good control on the other hand pretty much ask like you have that mentality like okay i don't understand what the hell is happening right now and i want to know what actually happened like before whatever happened in the world okay so there is this document lying in the office i have to pick it up and read through it and when you're reading through it you are like oh shit this is actually interesting okay so i should go through the world a little bit more and like search for more collectibles that is how they're incentivizing it like they are giving you story through the collectibles and which is a good thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it, the game incentivizes, like you said, the game incentivizes you to actually explore. And I would agree on the part where you said that this game should not have had a map. I genuinely day, like the map. For the record, I'm going to say this: the map isn't designed well. It's really confusing. It's clunky. It's very clunky. It's, it's very, very clunky and I, confusing. I, 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 I really do not like navigating through that map. Like okay, I did take some sort of help from that map, but again, it didn't help me out at one point because I'm like, then where do I go from here? Because this place is closed. I can see that it's closed by a, a, a what is that thing called? Yeah, it's closed by a window which I cannot break using my power. So, but the map says says that I can go through this sector. Then where do I go now? So that is what I'm saying, right? Like you, you again. You have these thoughts in your mind, like okay, the map wants me to go through this point. Map is showing me that I have to go through this point, but the game is not allowing me to go through this point. Then what do I do now? Is it a bug? Is it intentional, or am I just a bad player in general? So if they have removed that map altogether from the equation and let the players like go amok in the whole building and be like. Uh, okay, so I think I'm going to the main maintenance sector this time around, and let's and let let like explore it a bit. All right, so this wall is blocking me. That means I cannot go through here right now. Let's go to uh, containment sector now. And containment sector is pretty much open to you for you to explore. So that is what I'm saying. Like uh, let players explore things and not put in a really shoddily made map. And I'm pretty sure this is five o fives. decision this cannot be something like remedy decided on their own yeah. one also thing is that um, it's very detached that is also it's very yeah, detached one thing that is also detached is that i don't think that you know the entire oh hey i have to you know introduce all these mods and everything and yeah uh, that another that- mod thing oh, um i'm going to play the devil's advocate a little bit over here i don't think the mod thing is bad because it's not uh, bad it's, it doesn't affect that much like i won't say I that s- i won't say that because why i'm telling you this like i am half into the game right now not even half i'm like 70 80% into the game nearing the end game right now just finishing the side quest i realized that if i hadn't had that uh, health booster um, um, what's that thing called 
what what is the thing called uh, yeah the health booster uh, power up or whatever it is like in the game yeah health booster mod in it like the highest level of health booster mod which is like level 4 health booster mod if i hadn't no, had that five. so okay level 5 there's yeah, another yeah, one okay so there's another one which is good so then i would have had a pretty rough time going through the containment sector and the maintenance sector if you ask me because the level the amount of enemies which spawn in that area can be pretty overwhelming so and the amount of health bar which is given to you from the get-go is pretty low compared to like the later sections in the game so that is where the whole mod, mod modifier things come in like that is again something you are incentivized to like play through you can definitely not use any kind of like modifiers you can definitely not like uh, use any sort of other gun modes because i i personally only use the only one the generic uh, gun mode in the game i have only unlocked the shotgun and the machine gun or whatever it is called in the game i forgot sorry Spin. so yeah that is the thing like you can play through the whole game without using any sort of modifiers or any sort of upgrades but then again you are incentivized because the game gets a bit difficult if you don't use the uh, arsenals put in front of you so that's that's how the game is like pretty much designed to be yeah okay then there are a lot of contrasting parts to control but overall it's a really good game it's a, it's a like, 10 it's a 10 out of 10 10 for me like yeah. hands down 10 out of 10 for me remedy is back i love samlik samlik is a god and i love max Payne. i love alan wake uh, even though I hate Quantum Break, I love whatever they tried to do with it. But it's still a very disappointing entry. Hey, if, if it wasn't Quantum Break, we probably would not have. Yeah, if it wasn't yeah, for Quantum Break, that's we wouldn't had the mechanics in control. So yeah, th thank you Quantum Break for whatever sacrifices you like made. But <laughs> yeah, control control is a ten out of ten, like easily ten out of ten, and I cannot wait to see like what next game they are going to work in. Hopefully, Alan Wake two. Hopefully, Alan Wake two. Pretty sure it's Alan Wake two. Because it has been implied heavily that Control and Alan Wake is set in the same universe. So. Yeah, I oh, think Control yeah. and Alan Wake are gonna go yeah. parallel. Like you know how Naughty Dog develops Last of Us, right? Yeah. I think that's what's gonna happen with the Remedy and developing. See, uh, I can, I can see. Alan and uh, Control are set in the same universe. See, two things can happen from here. Uh, Control is a story written by Alan Wake uh, in the same universe because we know that Max Payne is a crap. Sorry, Max Payne is a thriller novella written by Alan Wake. That is pretty mm -hmm. much established in Alan Wake's um, chapter two. Uh, mm -hmm. And another thing, and Alan Wake is a TV series in Quantum Break universe that is also like pretty much implied from the get-go during the first uh, opening sections of Quantum Break. Or okay. Alan Wake. So which is the real reality? That is the thing. Like we don't know what is the actually I, the real thing. Like, it is implied. Uh, it is this, completely implied. Uh, at, I think at this point the proper reality is of control. Because I, because I know that for a fact that whatever the uh, the plot point of control is, the diary which Alan uses to write in Alan Wake is possibly an object of power. Because whatever he writes in that is coming true in Bright Falls. Like, Motherfucker has Death Note. 
Yeah, so, pretty, uh, pretty not much. really. Not you could <laughs> say it's more like the magic chalk from Chalk World. Yeah. So basically, it's that dude from Shakalaka Boom. Yeah, it's Shakalaka Boom Boom, but it's better. Yeah. But better and set in a Noir world. So, so Odit, you kind of answered your own question about an hour ago. It's the new year. <laughs> yeah, it's new weird. <laughs> Don't you love the shared universe? It, it, it's it's the new what the fuck? It's. <laughs> I I love whatever they're doing. That is all I can but, see. Like, but, okay, one thing is that like we can say for confirmed is that horror is back on the menu. Horror is back on the menu, and I honestly, honestly hope and, Konami someday. And, 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 for a fact, makes Konami. makes no Konami. makes Konami. makes a silent hill game. Konami, if you're listening to this, fuck you. Or or a Demaster game. See, I pitched Fuck my Konami. points as to why it wasn't a fault of Konami to like fire Hideo Kojima in the last. No, nah, I understand. We had that discussion. We Konami had that discussion. But but honestly speaking, I hope Silent Hill game somehow somewhere comes back in some form. Like if not, definitely not the remastered editions. Please, I hate those. Like those are the most inferior editions out there. But somehow, like them, like. Making a comeback somehow. Or Silent uh, Hill can, if Silent Hill can pull off a Resident Evil Six, that would be the dream. If that happens, I am telling you right now. Did you say now, Resident Evil Six? Why did you say Resident Evil Six? Because that Resident Evil Seven, see, or it Resident yeah. Evil Seven. Resident Evil Six. Resident Evil Six was where you first saw the initial promise that that right. Capcom. Resident Evil Six was also the point where Capcom was almost on the brink of getting bankrupt. So yeah. And Resident Evil Seven, I know, and Resident Evil Seven looks very similar to what I expect from Silent Hills to look post PT. See, I'm so, going to say Resident Evil Seven is like um, um, yeah, what is a technical demo for their engine, their new engine? It's pretty much that. Like it, it, it looks like a demo, and it's a good game. It's definitely a good game. So yeah. So I, why I said Resident Evil Six is because at this point nothing Konami does. Can be as bad as Resident Evil Six, but they need to be as bad as Resident Evil Six to show even the slightest bit of promise. What Konami needs to do is like stop outsourcing to the foreign developers. What Konami are... needs to do is fucking stop making everything and go bankrupt and never exist in the first. Place. That's not happening because Pachinko business is pretty lucrative back at Japan. So yeah, yeah but they aren't the United States. Yeah, but they are still raking in money to Pachinko. Yeah, but they are in the United States. They're going God to run out. Yeah. Also, another thing I want to like somehow like make a comeback is the Fatal Frame games again. Not happening. Yeah, I Actually know. I I know because the story is pretty much like finished. But still, like somehow. So because somehow... the people who made Fatal Frame got like basically uh, displaced to other studios. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like working on different things. And another game called Sidon. Have you guys heard about Sidon? Yep, I, I I'm pretty sure that Tonmoy has heard about it because it was a PlayStation exclusive. Hey, multiple times. Hey, hey, Square Enix, get that Parasite Eve back. Where's my mother too, you assholes? Where's my mother too? Just learn Japanese, you fucking weep. Capcom, Squ- Capcom, where's my Square, Dino Crisis? Square Enix, Square Enix streams in on underperforming games. Capcom, Capcom, where's my Dino Crisis remake? 
I, I can I can bet hundred bucks it's not happening. Devil May Cry Five Special Edition is coming. Whether or not it has Virgil as a playable character it's, is up for It's coming on a PS Five and Xbox next Xbox. That is, yeah. Yeah. I am very. Miyazaki, sure Miyazaki, Bloodborne in space when? Also, also Rahul Ghosh. No, where where is SMT Five? When is SMT Five coming after this? Hey, when, hey, when uh, is Derasine ever gonna connect to any of the Bloodborne lore or whatever? Uh, or is Derasine it... is kind of loosely connected to Bloodborne. Yeah, I know, I know. I read through that whole thing and the feeling, but will it ever, ever show right. later? Since no, you guys ever directly since, connected to any of them? Since you guys really want to talk about lore, I suggest you guys go check on Destiny. I'll, I'll start doing it. I mean, I mean, I transferred my PS4 character. Mind reading a Path of Exile lore because that thing is blowing my mind right now. Since you're talking about Path of Exile, might I suggest you take part in Magic: The Gathering? Uh, yeah. I I, I don't want to suggest anything. I, I just want to suggest. I don't. I just want to suggest that you guys play Control. That is all I want to suggest you guys. That's we it. already I'm have one here who hasn't Tomo played Control. I'm okay. the only one here who hasn't played Control. But yeah, so yeah, 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 why are you suggesting that game to me when I was the one shilling it everywhere? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea why he's suggesting that to me. Like, if I am, I am going to again play the devil's advocate and say use the illegitimate, illegitimate sources to actually play the game because it's actually that good. And then pay when it, you, whenever you can. That's I, I play control if I had to pay for it. Yep, yep. I don't some want to. You can, you, some but you can say that pirate the game. No, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to use those words. I don't want to use those words. Arnav, stop. Okay, okay. Please stop. Stop the podcast for abusing you. I genuinely play Control if I had the PC for it, but unfortunately, that's still a week away. So. Okay, let's. Yeah. And before I end the podcast, I guys want. I want to like share one little. Link with you guys. And oh like yeah, Persona Six me... coming out, right? No, 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 not that. This is a game which some of my friends have been making for a game jam, and I want you guys to like play it and like basically oh, see that how it is. Like I've shared that yeah. link in the podcast stream, right? Like podcast comment right now, and like share it around if you want, and like support these guys because they have been working really hard on it since one week. And okay. it's a it's a text based adventure and it's good. Whatever I played, it's good. And I can say that the guys who have been working on this knows their source material pretty well and their era. And you you guys are going to have a blast. So yeah, the links, so the links pinned in the comment section right now. I'm going to share it in the group also. Just like check it out whenever you guys. Uh, will do. Will do. Will definitely do that. Thank you and. Uh, yeah, uh, Persona Six. I won't, don't want to speak about it. I feel so. Cool, bad. Let's not speak about it. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, that's what happened. yeah. No, no, not Persona Six. Like Udit knows what I'm talking about. Yakuza Seven. No, but Yakuza Seven. So, uh, yeah, quick. Yeah, so quick recap. Yakuza is ditching their uh, brawler, like beat 'em up gameplay, and going for a turn-based combat. 
Which was basically their April Fool's joke. Which was basically <laughs> their April Fool's joke, and which looked pretty real to even be an April Fool's joke, if you ask me. Like I said that when they revealed it, and I I said it. Again. And lo and behold, it's now a game. Oh yeah. my god! And so and it has the whole community divided. Pretty much. Too bad it's not gonna launch in anywhere except Japan. So <laughs> yeah, I mean they have already confirmed it's coming out in the West somewhere around 2020. I I can say this much for a fact that Yakuza games are not niche anymore after Yakuza Zero. It has a really good following right now in the West and EU regions compared to however it was back at Yakuza Five. Seems I like mean, the hell. Seems like the hell bent on making it niche again. Yeah, and that is the sad thing. Like they are trying to make it niche again. Like I mean, not a lot of people play turn-based combat. Like I, for a fact, don't like turn-based combat. So, yeah. But I, oh, I, so you're one, so one of those. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. If anything, this game is going to make me force me into playing turn-based combat properly. Finally. Yeah. Anything that divides the community is something I want to check out. Yeah, I I am going to see. This much that Nagoshi does. Ha- Nagoshi is, by the way, the creator and director and the yeah, band know, who has made Yakuza, whatever it is right now. So I am going to see this much that Nagoshi does have some pretty big balls for a Japanese guy because uh, you, you, he pretty much flipped the whole foundation of the game 360 and went for like, okay, let's try turn-based combat. If it doesn't work, we are going back to the board and like make it. A beat him up again because that is what he has said that we wanted this game to be a new uh, fresh take on the series if fans don't like it we're going back to the old old gameplay style which is like what the fuck then why are you guys like trying it out in the first place just gonna say 360 same as zero dumbass okay i'm bad in maths all right so uh, speaking of dividing the player base the one last topic i want to talk about is that cyberpunk is going to suck uh we already that's... talked about it let's not go over there no, no. <laughs> we I'm already discussed it. let's let's not talk i'm muting you i'm muting you i'm muting you see you heard it here folks cyberpunk is going to suck <laughs> okay. to be fair people have been hearing it on udit's timeline for months now yeah i mean yeah okay. i mean cdpr fan bases are pretty toxic it's... If you're if you're gonna make a deep dive video, at least go deep. Fourteen <laughs> fourteen minutes isn't deep. Yeah, at least Ooh, dive no, wouldn't deep. You, Sampan? Huh? Would no, wouldn't you? <laughs> I walked into it, didn't I? No, you dove. No, no, you dove into it. Into the deep dive. Yeah, I dove into it. Okay, so um, I guess we have covered most of our topics for tonight. And more than we more pretty than, much made up for our last. We, bo- we made up for our last skip podcast. Like it's two hours, two minutes. Holy shit! This is officially one of the longest podcasts we have ever done. So it's not going to happen anytime soon, folks. One of the longest. It's the longest podcast. It's the longest, the longest, longest podcast, done. by the way. And hope to God we never do this again. Yeah, let's let's not do it again. Like Arnab took like forty minutes only for MMOs. So that's good. It's worth it. And it's worth yeah. it. This is this podcast is actually worth going on audio only. Like this is the first podcast I'm probably going to post on Anchor or Spotify or whatever. Shut the fuck up. You said the same thing last time also, okay? See, the last <laughs> podcast quality was bad. Last podcast quality okay. was bad. This is this is okay. good. This is good with okay. it. You cannot you sure. cannot deny. This is good. I, I'm not denying it, okay. This is good. Even the production <laughs> yeah. wise. 
small And thank you, Rahul, for joining in. I hope you get your SMT five pretty soon, <laughs> which is probably never ever. And ever, ever. Don't antagonize our only viewer, please. And um, and yeah, uh, thank you again for joining in, and we we will see you next week. Good night.